Hello everyone and welcome to South Asia Sphere, Himal's fortnightly podcast on all things South Asia, where we bring you a roundup of big stories in the region. We are your hosts, Raisa and Ritika, and this roundup was recorded on 19th January and covers the period from 6th January to 18th January. The Maldives formally asked India to withdraw its troops from the country on the 15th of March as bilateral tensions escalated between the two countries. Now, this decision came after India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi visited the island of Lakshasweep to promote tourism on the island. Three Maldivian ministers made derogatory comments towards Modi on social media, seemingly interpreting his visit as an attempt to divert tourism away from the Maldives. Though the ministers were subsequently suspended, their comments led to Indians calling for a boycott of the Maldives. Maldives' new president, Mohamed Muizu, was elected partly on the strength of an India Out campaign, which drew attention to Indian troops' presence in the Maldives. Muizu returned after a five-day state visit to China on the 13th of January, during which he urged more Chinese tourists to visit the Maldives. Muizu is seen as pro-China in comparison to his predecessor, the Maldivian Democratic Party's Ibrahim Soli, though he maintains he's pro-Maldives. On the 7th of January, Bangladesh held its general elections, which were considered a foregone conclusion. As expected, Prime Minister Sheikh Hasina secured a fourth term in office. The ruling Awami League Party won 226 out of 300 seats in the parliament, and around 58 independent candidates who are aligned with the Awami League also received seats in parliament. Meanwhile, the Jatiyo Party, the only remaining political opposition after other opposition parties decided to boycott the vote, won just four. 0.33% of votes, which is the party's lowest vote share since 1991. The run-up to the elections was marked by crackdowns on the opposition Bangladesh Nationalist Party, with widespread arrests of BNP activists and leaders. The BNP boycotted the election, saying that it calls for Hasina to step down and appoint a caretaker administration to oversee a free and fair elections were not heeded. On the 9th of January, the People's Democratic Party won 30 out of 47 seats in Bhutan's parliament as part of its national elections. The former ruling party, Bhutan Tendral Party, won 17 seats and will now be in the opposition. Voters are pinning their hopes on PDP leader and former Prime Minister Sering Topge, who is returning to office to address issues like unemployment and brain drain due to migration. According to the World Bank, Bhutan's youth unemployment rate was around 29% in 2022. As many as 15,000 Bhutanese were expected to apply for Australian visas in July 2023, more than in the past six years combined. The PDP is expected to unroll an economic stimulus package while also announcing initiatives to boost tourism and foreign investment. On the 8th of January, India's Supreme Court restored the life sentences of 11 men who raped Bilkis Bano during communal violence in Gujarat in 2002. At the time, Prime Minister Narendra Modi was the chief minister of the state. The decision came after Bano and other petitioners challenged the Gujarat government's decision to free the convicted rapist two years ago. At the time, Gujarat officials said that they freed the perpetrators because they had served more than 14 years in prison. Even as some in India celebrated the justice being served in Bano's case, in Ayodhya, 
preparations continue for the inauguration of a temple dedicated to the Hindu deity Ram. The event is scheduled to be held on 22nd of January with Modi in attendance. This is being reported on in many quarters as the launch of Modi's re-election campaign for the upcoming Indian national election. The Ram Mandir was built on the ruins of a 16th century mosque, the Babri Masjid, that was demolished by Hindutva activists in 1992, claiming that the mosque site was the birthplace of Ram. The inauguration underscores the BJP's continued promotion of Hindutva ideology. Pakistan's Supreme Court has ruled that the Pakistan Tariq e Insaf will not be able to use its cricket bat symbol in a fresh blow for the opposition party as it prepares for upcoming elections. PTI candidates will now need to contest the elections using individual symbols, which may be confusing for voters. The PTI also lost its registered status with the Election Commission, meaning that it won't be eligible for reserved seats that would usually be allotted for registered political parties. PTI supporters and party members have faced intimidation and arrest in the run-up to the elections, particularly since the arrest of PTI leader Imran Khan on corruption charges. On the 8th of January, Pakistan's Supreme Court scrapped a lifetime ban on political candidates with prior criminal convictions, paving the way for former Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif to contest the elections. Sharif is widely seen as the preferred candidate for Pakistan's military due to Khan's increasingly vocal criticism of the military establishment. On the 15th of January, the armed group Arakan Army announced that it had taken the control of the town Palatwa along the border with India and Bangladesh. Armed groups continue to make advances against Myanmar's military junta despite a ceasefire agreement brokered by China that was announced on the 12th of January. Anti-junta armed groups have said that the junta has breached the ceasefire agreement, launching several attacks in Shan state. As the advances continue, increasing numbers of junta forces are fleeing across the border into India with more than 400 soldiers attempting to escape attacks by armed groups in two months. The battle between the military junta and armed groups has strained relations with Myanmar's neighbouring countries. Beijing has grown increasingly frustrated as fighting has spilled over into China. A further point of tension is the continued operation of cybercriminal initiatives in Shan State, which the junta has been unable to shut down. India has been returning fleeing junta soldiers back to the junta regime and has been considering strengthening border fencing while closely monitoring developments. On the 10th of January, Nepal spinner Sandeep Lamichane was sentenced to eight years in prison for raping an 18-year-old girl. Lamichane was found guilty in December 2023. His lawyer, Saroj Gimire, says that he is planning to appeal the sentence in a higher court. Lamichane was one of the only Nepali cricketers to participate in the Indian Premier League, the Australian Big Bash and Pakistan Super League. He was suspended from being Nepal's cricket captain in September 2023 due to the rape accusation, but returned to play cricket in February 2023 after being released on bail despite protests, including from opposing teams. The sentence is a rare moment of accountability for sexual violence in Nepal. On the 16th of January, Iran launched a missile attack targeting two bases allegedly linked to the militant group 
Jaish al-Adl in Balochistan. The attacks led to the death of two children and the injuries of three more, Pakistani officials said. Islamabad has warned of serious consequences. On the 17th of January, Pakistan said that it had recalled its ambassador to Iran, adding that the Iranian ambassador would not be allowed back into the country as a result of these attacks. The missile attacks came at a time of growing tensions in West Asia. In December 2023, Jaish al-Adl attacked a police station in Rusk, which is close to the Pakistan border. On the 15th of January, Iran launched ballistic missile attacks. On the 15th of January, Iran launched ballistic missile strikes in the semi-autonomous Kurdistan region of northern Iraq and Syria. These strikes were in response to a suicide bombing in Iran claimed by the Islamic State group, which led to the death of 84 people. Iran has said that it does not want to get involved in Israel's war on Gaza, but groups with its axis of resistance, an informal anti-Israeli political and military coalition, have been launching attacks on Israel. In good news for regionalism, Bangladesh is fast-tracking plans to launch a Dhaka-Kathmandu bus service. The Bangladesh Road Transport Corporation will ply four new routes between Kathmandu and Bangladesh. The Dhaka-Kathmandu bus service was first trialed in 2018, but progress was stalled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The route is expected to take 24 hours and is expected to be used by Nepali students studying in Bangladesh and Bangladesh tourists interested in visiting Nepal. Bangladesh has also seen a spike in reported cases of dengue in recent months. As of 17th of January, there were 756 people affected, with 10 deaths attributed to dengue. This is a sharp increase compared to the 424 cases and 3 deaths recorded at this time last year. In 2023, there were a total of 321,179 cases recorded, with 1,705 deaths. The highest number of dengue-related deaths ever were recorded in Bangladesh last year. The recent surge in cases has strained Bangladesh's health system, with wards running out of beds to treat patients. The increasing frequency of extreme weather events is apparently fueling the spread of dengue, even in areas outside Dhaka and Chittagong, where it was previously concentrated. In Bangladesh, unusually high rainfall coupled with hotter temperatures and higher humidity, is leading to an increased mosquito population and higher dengue cases, experts say. And that's it for the News Roundup. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting Himal by becoming a member. We are a fully independent, non-profit media organization, and we rely on listeners like you to sustain and grow our work. You can see our membership plans at www.himalbag.com membership. And we've included a link to our membership page in the episode notes below. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. If you want to help us bring you more updates and stories, you can sign up for membership at www.himalmag.com membership. We've got a range of membership plans for you to choose from. You'll get access to our archival newsletter specially curated for you and even Himal's iconic right-side-up map with its startling new perspective on South Asia. And if you don't want to miss out on future episodes of South Asia Sphere, head to the link in our notes to sign up for our newsletter which will bring you the updates right to your mailboxes every fortnight. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
SoundCloud, or wherever it is that you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. If you have any questions, suggestions, or feedback for the current format of South Asia Sphere, or just want to talk about how we can make it more accessible for you, don't forget to head to the link in our episode notes. We'd love to hear from you. And that's it for today and for this episode. See you next time.